You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. Welcome to How She Creates. Today's guest is one of my favorite people on the planet, and I think she is doing some of the coolest work on the internet and around the world. I am thrilled to introduce you to my friend, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped. I'm pumped too. This is, (laughs) you're like my favorite person to talk to, and you just do the coolest stuff. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, so tell us who you are and where we can find you. Oh, wow, right off the top. Um, yeah, we want your address, your home address. <laughs> where are you? I start telling you my full address, my full phone number. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm Ashley, and you can find me on all things Instagram at ashley.bowden, and that's where I love to hang out. That's a good place to be. That's a good place. Yep. Uh, awesome. Okay. So Ashley started the Imperfect Boss movement and she has run the Imperfect Boss camp, which I went to, which was amazing, which is where we met in person. Um, you lead women through just like breakthroughs in their life and just all kinds of amazing ways. You have an incredible story. You care about people and I don't, I don't know how to like perfectly sum you up because I just think you do the most amazing things and it's like such a kind of a not a wide variety but like a plethora of things and that's mm-hmm. why I like you so much I think because I like to do all the things too mm-hmm. yeah. what would you what, what would you give as your like um quick summary of what you do so I mean the the quick summary of what I do um I would describe as I help women shift from self-sabotage to self-support um so one that they can feel a sense of peace um, on the inside, but that they can also really walk in their leadership and potential on the outside because they're no longer holding themselves back. Um, but I would say if I could describe, you know, like sort of like something that encompasses all that I've done over the last like seven years, I would say that at the end of the day, my um, my overall mission is to create safe spaces for women to discover healing and to discover the power of who they truly are. And you do a very good job of that. Uh, So I'm excited to talk about self-sabotage and creativity today because we got a lot of awesome creative listeners who are not creating. They're not sharing their work. They're not doing the work that they know they were called to do. And something's getting in their way. And I feel like you are an amazing voice of wisdom who can speak into myself and all of these creatives out here for whatever is blocking you, that we can get that out of the way and get you into your true creative prowess. Yes, prowess. I like it. Yeah, that's what we're going for. Um (laughs) So tell us your creative story and background, a little bit of your history, how you got here. Well, I was born in, (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I, I've i always been creative, you know, ever since I was very young and always had like a real creative perspective on the world. Um, and it was always, always practiced creativity in some way. So a lot of my childhood that looked like writing, um, that was that was the way that sort of that outlet for me. But I remember having a really defining moment actually when I was in grade five. <laughs> and I, um, I don't know, I guess I had sort of confessed to my teacher at the time that, um, cause he had given us a project that had a high level of creativity to it. Um, and I just confessed to him with tears in my eyes that I'm not creative. And I don't think that I can be. And um, then I ended up doing the project and he was like, Ashley, like this is proof that you are creative. And I remember feeling like a really defining moment for me, which I've had multiple ones like that, experiences where like something that I couldn't see in myself, someone reflected back to me and I and I was finally able to believe it for the first time because they helped me see something I couldn't see. Um, and ever since then, I've like been convinced, like I am creative. And so that has taken, um, that's taken so many different faces sort of in my life and in my work. But um, in 2011, I started really falling in love with creating spaces, like gathering people and bringing people together online, um, and through that, like, really, like, fell in love with this idea of creating community, and how that can be so creative, and how you can really create space for people, and impact people, and so, um, you know, I kept running with that, and eventually, it led me into full-time entrepreneurship. It was community creation, and leadership that really catapulted me into entrepreneurship um and I think in some ways too like entrepreneurship is about being creative every single day (laughs) um you know finding creative solutions every day and um and figuring and like just figuring things out and um and allowing your your brain to sort of expand and grow and your gifts to be stretched and challenged so that you can um, like walk in everything that's inside of you. So um, yeah, that's a, a little snapshot into my creative journey. Oh, shout out to all the teachers out there encouraging kids and helping them yeah. see the awesomeness in themselves. Uh, that's my favorite part of the story. Yeah. Oh, man. And I wonder how many of our listeners feel the same way that they feel like they're not creative and they need someone to be like, yes, you are. Look at all these awesome things that you're doing. And um, that's one of like my favorite reasons for doing the podcast is getting people to realize that they are creative. They don't have to paint to be creative. You know, anything that you're doing, like, you know, Ashley, you're such a good example of this, the Imperfect Boss Camp. You guys, I'll put a link in there to some pictures. It it was the most like showstopper decor I've ever seen. And it was all Ashley's vision, you know? So she wasn't painting the signs or 
you know, building the balloon arches, but it was her vision and she brought that to life. And that was such a creative act. Um, and I think a lot of, a lot of our listeners do awesome things and aren't giving themselves the creative credit they deserve and they need. What's your fifth grade teacher's name? Mr. Ty. Do you remember? Yeah. They need Mr. Ty. They need a Mr. Ty. They do. Um, do so talk to us about self-sabotage what is self-sabotage yeah self-sabotage is anytime that you do something you find yourself doing something or caught in a mindset that either holds yourself back or might even create harm to yourself or sort of conflicts Um, with the things that you value. I would say self-sabotage is something that happens anytime you are trying to move forward, but it feels like you cannot. It feels like no matter what you do or no matter what you try, you just are stuck in like the same things over and over and over again, um, and you just can't move forward. That is, to me, self-sabotage. Hmm. And how do you see that reflected in creative people? Where do you see them really batting up against that? Yeah, I think there's um, there's a few that really show up for creatives. I think a huge one for creatives is a fear of being seen. Um, so that will show up often with creatives of like not, you know, maybe not always like showing their work or being inconsistent about putting themselves out there or being afraid to um, maybe like pitch for like bigger opportunities. Um, I think that's a big one. Another big one I think is um, like perfection and procrastination, um, which is really to me a big part of what I just mentioned. It's a way to hide from being seen and thinking like, you know, like if I, like I'll just focus on making this more and more perfect or I'll just focus on um, avoiding it till the very last minute. And then um, I will be able to like put, you know, sort of put my, um, I guess my best work forward. And so it kind of like just re-emphasizes this idea that it's, it's not safe to be seen. Um, and, and then a third one, I think a big one is, um, like self-criticism um, and just a lot of like that inner dialogue of self-doubt and I, I'm i not sure if I'm good enough. I'll never be as good enough as that person. Um, and all of those things we just use to protect ourselves from. Um, I mean, it could be many things. could be protecting ourselves from failure, from vulnerability, from um, taking a chance. So I think those are three of the biggest ones that I've seen in creatives. I feel all of those so <laughs> strongly. And I'm, and I know everyone's listening probably feels more pulled to one or the other or all of them. And, um, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's so prevalent for creative people to struggle with this? Yeah. So I think it's because, um, I would say most creative people are heart first kind of people. Mm. Um, and like sometimes when I picture creatives, how I picture it is like 
<laughs> they have like open chests. <laughs> like there is just like a vulnerability and like my heart is in everything I do and I feel and my feelings like lead me to create um and there is like a level of vulnerability that comes with that when you throw like everything you are into your work when um you like put your whole heart and being into something that you create there's like a greater level of vulnerability obviously to put that out there um because sometimes you know um when you're creative and you put everything into your work um and then you put yourself out there like and it doesn't go well or like it gets rejected or doesn't it just doesn't meet your expectations like then it's like not to to us it's not even just like that says something about my work but then it becomes like that says something about me um and I think you know if you look at someone who does um like let's say for example you look at someone who's like an accountant if they give like a, re a report to um a client and the client says like I don't think this matches up they're not gonna <laughs> the account's not gonna go back home and be like I don't match up but if you take like an artist or a creative in that same situation and you say, um, you know, they hand their client a painting and, you know, the client says, I don't love this, then that there's a, a much like, like way more likely percentage that that artist is going to go back and say, like, they don't like me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that just has to do with the amount of heart and vulnerability that is activated in the life of a creative. You're so good at these like visualizations and you're exactly right. When you say it, it feels like we lead with, you know, our chest open mm -hmm. um, of just being like fully exposed and heart first. And um, that's such a good good description and you're totally right that that is how we kind of frame and view that and so can you tell us your experience because I mean you paint you write poetry you you know orchestrate giant events for people how have you experienced self-sabotage in your creative journey and and what have you done to overcome it mm -hmm. well <laughs> um the other thing with creativity and like people who are really creative, I think is that there's a level of our own pain and suffering mixed into the reasons of why we create. Like I feel like the most creative and artistic people are people who have faced darkness and found an ability and a capacity to create something beautiful or striking out of that those experiences and so um that has I think that's definitely been my story like anything that I've created had pain and suffering blended into it um whether that was like it was a way for me to cope or it was a way for me um yeah to like self-soothe or if it was a way for me to like see almost myself outside of um you know whatever I was currently facing and so the problem with that for is sometimes that um, they can make things a little messy and kind of what I had been sharing about like 
you know, identity sort of getting caught up in it because of how much um, you put yourself into it. And so um, I'll take the Imperfect Boss, for example. When I started the Imperfect Boss, it was really blended out of my own pain um, because it was like came out of a time when I felt like I was the epitome of the imperfect boss like specifically like the imperfect creative um I was doing a lot of different things you know I was running my business but I um was also really suffering personally like I was in the middle of an addiction which it which was like the epitome of self-sabotage um and then yet I was like seeing all these like people posting all the time about how incredible and how um how much breakthrough filled their lives and which was inspiring but at the same time made me feel isolated and so it that's basically why it started because I was like there's got to be more people like me who are struggling behind the scenes or who are unsure or who feel alone or who feel shame and so um like let's you know like talk about it and um and so then, you know, I, I ran the Imperfect Boss and even into the the first couple, the first camp we did and then the second camp that we did, um, there was a lot of self-sabotage for me. Um, my addiction, you know, continued to operate um, for the first two years of the Imperfect Boss, which was a major cycle of self-sabotage. Um, it's really hard to be confident. It's really hard to be a leader. It's really hard to put yourself out there when you're like, destroying yourself um in the places that no one sees and um, and then even beyond that like self-sabotage would show up for me in the ways of um like taking things incredibly personally um having um like reading relationships wrong like always thinking that people were upset at me or always thinking that people didn't love me um also would come up in in like ways of procrastination or in ways of like hiding behind a community so that no one actually had to know me or like to see my face and um you know all of those things like really held me back they really held me back personally and they really held me back professionally um and for me like a massive turnaround for me was when I found recovery for my addiction because that was such a that was like a red flag self-sabotage thing that um you know really needed to, really needed some attention and so when I um was able to enter sobriety and sort of like really embrace the process of recovery um and really like face like a lot of the pain that was going on under, on underneath and even though that pain had caused me to create things that like change people's lives forever um I needed to face that pain for myself so that I could change my life forever and um I and so I did that and um what one of the things I love to teach about self-sabotage is that we all have like different patterns of self-sabotage like things that we do but they're also much more connected than we think and if we can just if we can like pick one and like look at the roots of what's going on underneath that what's driving you to do that like a fear or a pain um then you will find that um that it like it'll just become contagious. A lot of the self sabotage um, will get healed just by focusing on one route, um, and so that was definitely the case for me.
Oh, thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing all of that with us. I think that's so, it's so helpful and so enlightening. And I feel like so many people can connect with so many parts of your story. So I want to ask you a couple of questions about that. Mm -hmm. um, back at the beginning, you said that, you know, a lot of really amazing art comes out of people who have, you know, suffered or experienced a lot of pain. And, you know, we don't believe that you have to suffer to create art. But do you feel like that art that you created that was so well received and, and, you know, was good, you know, just objectively to just say good. Do you think it was because it was real and honest and vulnerable and people could connect to it or because you suffered? Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, I think people were impacted it like buy it and, and really connected to it because it was it came from a very real place and it was mm -hmm. um I think it was a message that people were hungry to hear and like I had mentioned like I think that you know I I was in this boat but I think that there were many others in this boat that were like looking for sort of like this refreshing news of like you're not alone and we're actually like in this together yeah yeah I think that's that's such a good like um, differentiation to make, um, because like you said, like the healing of that, um, and how you shared that in your art and in your story and just being honest about your art. And I, you're right. Like that's a big part of self-sabotage is just not wanting to be honest and go deep and, and share that with your art. And so I think that's a big thing that I want people to keep in mind as they're listening. Um, you know, it's not about the suffering. We're not going to get hung up on the suffering. Mm -hmm. um, it's about the healing and the honesty that comes yeah. from it that makes our art impactful. Yeah. Well, and I think to you um, that you might find that your art will change as you heal. Mm. Um, that's definitely been the case for me. And, um, uh, and to, and like, that's okay. And that, um, like just to give yourself permission to allow that to happen um, because your art maybe helped you survive in the darkness, but it might change in the light. Oh, that is so beautiful and perfect. <laughs> that is one of your poetry level quote worthy <laughs> statements. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Lauren. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Another thing you talked about was yeah. how impactful the Imperfect Boss was and those camps and those experiences and that community was. And it was. I mean, I went. It was incredible. But you were still struggling behind the scenes of that. Mm -hmm. Was that affecting you, how successful it was seeming and how much it was helping other people? How did that play into your personal journey with self-sabotage? Actually, to be honest, I think that was the thing that helped me to keep going. Mm. Um, so one of my very, like, I'll, get, I'll give you like a little snippet into one of my very unique patterns of self-sabotage in the past with the addiction was that I would, you know, I would sort of act out in the addiction and then I would soothe myself through things like french fries and then I would work and then I would work and um 
I would work to prove to myself that I still mattered. I worked to prove to myself that I still had good things in me that I had get I still had gifts to share that even though my life felt so messy and imperfect and out of control that um that there was still goodness here and so I think that in some ways that was unhealthy but in some ways it helped me to survive the addiction like it helped me realize like um or maybe just even remember that even though I feel like I feel so imperfect there's still goodness here I wish you could see like how much I'm smiling. I love it's like <laughs> so perfect. You're killing me with your responses. <laughs> it's just oh, I like we should have done this one on video. This is just too good. Like you're just too good at this. Okay. As we're evaluating ourselves in this moment and thinking about the ways that we are hindering our own creative journey and creative habit and creative successes, how can we begin to, A, identify the habits that are, or the the ways that we are self-sabotaging, and then B, how can we start to deal with those, overcome those, heal those roots? Mm-hmm. That's a big question. Um <laughs> So, like, honestly, if you probably already know, like, some of the things that are operating as self-sabotage in your life, a big thing that I hear people say is, like, I don't understand why I keep doing this. Or, like, why can't I just, for example, like, why can't I just post on social media? (laughs) Um, There's, like, a level of, like, if you've ever heard yourself talk about something in, like, um, a language of like defeat of like almost honestly like what's my problem <laughs> and that's probably it probably has to do with self-sabotage and why um and the biggest thing that like I want you to know is that it's not about like it's not that there's like some like deep flaw in you or like you it's like some like character issue but um that your self-sabotage is a way to cope with the pain or with the past or protect yourself from future pain. Um, and so, you know, cause I think we can kind of get this idea sometimes of, of like, like, why can't I just get it together? Like, I'm so, like, I'm so lazy or like, I'm so, um, you know, like I, I just can't focus or whatever. And, it's just, it's not that simple. And there's like, so it's so much more complex than that. And I love framing self-sabotage this way. Cause it, um, it takes the shame out of the equation and shows you that, um, it's just a support issue. There's something going on underneath the surface where you need more support. Um, and so yeah, think about times where you use that type of language. You can also just think about like, you know, it's times where you haven't finished something or where it's hard for you to implement a new habit and sort of what do you do? Like, do you procrastinate? Do you avoid? Do you, are you mean to yourself? Do you distract yourself? Do you hide? Do you uh, make a ton of plans but don't actually do anything with them? Um, and just like kind of think of that for yourself, but you likely know what a lot of them are. And then really just um, 
you know, sort of the next step is really, you know, looking underneath the surface to, and sort of asking yourself the question, like, by doing this, how does this, like, by doing whatever that your self-sabotage is, how does this keep me safe? Or you can ask yourself, when, when was a time where I learned that by doing this, it would keep me safe? And that those types of questions can sort of um, stir up the pain or fear that might be underneath the surface. So, for example, if like you are always procrastinating, and you say and you ask yourself that question, like, um, "How is this keeping me safe?" Then you know you might realize like procrastination is keeping you safe because um, you never actually have to put your everything into it so even if someone rejects it or even if it fails like it doesn't matter because you didn't put your whole self into it um you know I mean that's just like a, a little example and there could be like a million other things going on with that but th those two questions should get you a little bit of an idea of what's going on underneath that is super helpful thank you so what would you say to someone who's like all right i see these 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 things in myself happening over and over again you know for me it's always procrastination um you know i know i'm self-sabotaging and holding myself back from what i want to create what i want to put in the world and um you know what what's my next step what what would i what would i do first or do next mm-hmm yeah. So, well, <laughs> then you have to um you have to look at healing what's going on underneath. And so, very often um your fear or your pain that you're trying to avoid is rooted in something that happened a long time ago. Um could be one thing, could be many, many things that happened many times over. Um a lot of times like it could be rooted in trauma could be rooted in just a really difficult time but a lot of times it goes back to when people are kids or teenagers um where you sort of either experience something painful and were and made it's almost like you make this inner pact where you're like I never want to experience it again and there's like this what I call like this protective piece of you that like steps in and says we're going to make sure that never happens and that's sort of how self-sabotage is born um and so it's about healing going back and sort of healing um that younger part so um you know I I have this thing where I say like these are the there are really four that I really use like for myself personally that I really use when I work with people one-on-one -on -one and that I really share um, when I'm like doing the workshop or teaching about self-sabotage, but they are um, self-compassion, you know, really showing yourself kindness and validation, um, inner child work. So really going to that younger part of you and giving yourself what you needed, but maybe didn't get um, especially like in the aftermath of difficult experiences. A lot of times we have had difficult experiences when we were young and well, a lot of times what makes them traumatic is is not the event itself, but how people respond to us after. Um, and, and a lot of times you'll find that it's easier for people to thrive in the midst of trauma 
if they receive support, compassion, um, and, and many other things in the aftermath of the trauma. But if someone's left in the aftermath of like, there's no one there, or they're told to just like ignore it. They're told that it wasn't true. They're told that um, like, we just got to get on with life. Like we just got to survive. Like that's when things become difficult. So like revisiting that part of you and how can you offer what you needed then to yourself now? Um, and then cult thirdly, cultivating a sense of safety. Um, you know, the reason we self-sabotage is because we feel unsafe. So if we can cultivate safety in our life, like that'll change us. Um, and it'll help us to feel more stable in and of ourselves. And then fourthly, self-discovery, like figuring out and sort of dreaming and thinking like, who are you underneath the self-sabotage? What, what are you really capable of? Who would you be if you didn't have to fight so hard to stay safe? Mm. You guys, this episode is so deep and intense. And I know some of you are like, this is all amazing. And this is also overwhelming. Um, Ashley has a ton of great resources that will walk you through this process and what she's sharing about. Um, so don't feel really overwhelmed because I, every time I listen to you speak, I'm like, oh man, this is like so good and so much. Um, so I don't want people feeling overwhelmed because yeah. this is so good information and I don't want people to like listen in this like 45 minute podcast and then like be like wow I should really like look into that and then move on like I want you guys to like dive deeper into this if this is something you struggle with and you want to move forward and your um your creativity Ashley will you just like go ahead and share like a quick blip of some like resources that you have for people mm -hmm. well I definitely talk about um I have like a six step framework teetling self-sabotage and it's in my Instagram feed, um, so you can definitely find that there. I also have a couple of free resources that you can um, sign up through my um, my website to kind of um, support yourself in that journey. Yeah, awesome. And, and your website is just ashleybowden.com? That's right. Awesome. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Yeah, these are all such like big pieces. And I know as creatives, we like struggle with different parts of these and at different times. I mean, do you do you experience that with people that you coach or with yourself that people are like, okay, I've dealt with the procrastination, but now like something else is popping up for me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think when, um, you know, even especially in times like right now, like if you're stressed or overwhelmed or um, you don't have access to all your coping resources that you might revert to to old self-sabotaging behaviors. And to me, anytime someone is self-sabotaging in any way, it just says to me, like, one, you're fighting really hard to protect yourself right now from something to stay safe. And two, you just need more support. Um, and so if you find yourself back in old, like old habits or whatever, or old mindsets, like, just let it be a cue to you of, like, I really need to support myself right now because there's there's a part of me right now that's, like, really afraid. Mm. And where where do you suggest or encourage people to turn for support? Mm -hmm. There's actually a, a free resource on my website called 
Something. It's all about <laughs> it's about self supportive practices, and I give like a bunch of um, ones that you can try. But um, it's just infusing your life with self supportive practices, so that could even be things like like morning or evening routines. It could be um, things like self compassion. It could be um, things like self holding or um, letting yourself be seen in community. I mean, there's it could be like different things of self-care um but just like infusing your life with as much support as possible so that will help you um that will that'll give you some legs to stand on so that you won't need to to reserve your self-sabotage oh I love it. We'll link directly to that worksheet. I have that worksheet. It, it is really helpful. It's got some great suggestions. And sometimes it's just suggestions of like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is good for me. Or it's like, oh, I've never thought about that, but that actually would be really helpful. Um, so I really appreciate that workshop and the long list of ideas and suggestions that you have so people can find something that will work for them. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a morning routine was a good part of supporting yourself share with us what your morning routine is. Yeah, so actually it's funny because um, for a long time I didn't have one. I was like an evening routine kind of person and part of that was because I didn't love mornings. Um, But I've recently really gotten into one and uh, mine's really simple in that, well, it's simple to me, but (laughs) in the mornings I... um, I like wake up really slowly. I normally will ask myself the question, what is the most loving thing you could do for yourself today? And whatever that answer is, I make sure that it becomes a part of my day. Um, I get up and I will do a couple check-ins, um, check in with my heart, check in with, um, sometimes I even check in with, like that that younger part of me um or that self-sabotaging part of me and I just like have I just like literally just have a combo I'm like listen now is not a day where you like where you need to like fight to keep me safe like I've got everything I need I've got resources I've got support so it's gonna be good um I just like doing that and for me and it really just helps to have those check-in points um I've also been playing around a lot with um, journaling and, and that kind of thing, but I don't necessarily do it every day. And then I always clean my, <laughs> I clean my apartment every morning. Um, but I'm telling you like vacuum and. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So my apartment's always very tidy. Um, if you ever come over, but, um, and then, I mean, obviously I get dressed and stuff. Even in quarantine. Yeah, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing a really cute jumpsuit right now. So you can't see it. You are the cutest. Ugh. <laughs> Tell me about a transformation that you have seen when either yourself or someone that you've worked with has been able to deal with their self-sabotage and get back to the heart of their creativity. What has been the transformation in, in them and in their art? Yeah, well, yeah, I'll give you an example from a client. When I first started working with this client, um, she 
had an idea of of something she wanted to do, but um, she hadn't taken any action on it. Basically, was sabotaging by not doing anything. (laughs) And um, through really figuring through like really figuring out like what what are these sabotaging patterns and really what are the fears and pain underneath and by um you know sort of like unraveling those things and and finding and choosing something different and creating a lot more support was able to see her um like really launch that is that new business um and then um and then like start booking clients and um just making like extraordinary feats um professionally but then it with her creativity and honestly like really get into a place of like like really taking herself seriously and really deciding like what is inside of me is not only enough but it is extraordinarily valuable and it is um you know it's of greatest service to make sure that it doesn't stay in me but that it gets outside of me and yeah, I think that that's like a really recent one that has been just an honor to witness. Oh, yes. Like, amen. I want that for all of you listening and for, for myself and for you and for everyone of just like you said, of getting out that extraordinary thing that the world needs out of you and into the world. That is such, oh, that is like what we're here to do, people. Mm-hmm. So, what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you, Ashley? Hmm. I think for me, living a creative lifestyle is about how can I use what I've been given to create something beautiful that didn't exist before I got here? And how can I allow my life experience, my my suffering, my breakthrough, my goodness, my insecurities, my entirety. How can I use all of that to leave something um, in this planet that can make waves of impact and transformation so that, you know, far beyond what, um, far beyond my days here, I can know that, um, yeah, like that the creativity of my life sort of lives beyond me. Oh, I need you to write a book. I need all of this just like written down so I can just like highlight it over and over again. Oh my gosh, don't kill me. Oh, you're killing me. All right, what is your favorite resource for creativity? Where do you go when you need a hit? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think where I go is either, these are two very different answers, but either I go on, I probably honestly go to Pinterest (laughs) or I look into the eyes, I look into the eyes of people I love um, and find the story in their details and that can give me creativity oh my god (laughs) it is 
it is like an honor to know you because I just truly feel like every interaction I have with you feels like that. It just feels like you do. You just pull out the goodness and you just see things in people and like mm-hmm. speak them and call them out. Ugh, it is. You are just amazing. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> so what is new with you? So we've talked about you've got a ton of resources for people on the blog and on your website, and we'll link to all of those. Um, But what is one, tell us the big thing that you're working on right now that we can all be a part of that will catapult us on this self-sabotage, healing, creative, Mm -hmm. amazingness journey. Yeah, so I'm hosting um, the Choose Yourself Summit, which is five days of content to help you heal from self-sabotage and cultivate self-support. Um, it's happening from May 18th to 22nd, and there, is, there are around 35 speakers um, delivering content on all sorts of different things. And it's totally free, so why not? It's going to be an amazing time. It, it looks incredible, you guys. I, was, I signed up, and it's free. Like, it's really, truly free, you guys. And... Uh the speakers and the lineup of everything that they're going to go over and talk about is just so, so cool. I like cannot wait to dive more into those sessions and, and dig deeper into this. Cause I do feel like it's such an important part of our creativity and caring for, you know, our creative soul is to make sure that we are healthy, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually, socially. And I think this is a great um, piece of that, that you are offering to the world. And I am just so grateful for you. Can you share that website with us of where we can go directly to the Choose Yourself Summit? Yeah, it's just uh, ashleybowden.com slash summit. Summit. Okay, awesome. Well, we're going to have links to that in the show notes um, and to Ashley, of course, at lauren-likes.com slash podcast if you want to, you know, if you guys know my website easier. If you, um, But Ashley, thank you so much for sharing with us. This has just been such an incredible episode and I hope it's been really, really helpful for people and that they are encouraged and supported and motivated and comforted. And I don't know, just all the things I feel all the things when I, every time I talk to you, thank you. It was an honor to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Will you guys go connect with Ashley on Instagram? Her work is awesome. She does so many cool things and, um, go, support yourself and love yourself and make some amazing artwork and put it out into the world. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to how she creates. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much for listening to how she creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here if you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on itunes that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on instagram by tagging me at lauren likes blog and using the hashtag how she creates until next week i hope you get curious and go explore something